G'day, I'm Tom Tanaki, and I would love it if you would let me hold space for you in this, the first episode of The Poor Can Feed the Birds. We got the thing them, so them a ferret we Cause we a take it to them wicked up lately And now the whole community a live greatly Good evening everyone, welcome to this month of my thing spoken word Thank you, thank you Please make yourself comfortable as I introduce our first featured guest The award winning spoken word poet, Joe Revolution Joel is a firebrand, a revolutionary, a game changer, and his voice is perfect. A perfect, perfect spoken word voice. Hey, please welcome Joel Revolution. Hey, everyone, hey! Thank you. I am a firestorm phoenix. Fushka, fushka, fush. Red fire bird of change birds. Hot heat wings look for foundations. Yeah. Fushka, fush, push. Fum, whip, wham. Fight hot heat, engulf the past. Floods of change tug the government. Of revolution. Whip, whip, fushka, fum. I am a firestorm phoenix. That's all, thank yeah, you. Yeah, what a voice! <clears throat> oh, what a perfect voice, yeah! Oh, hi, wow, that was amazing! What a voice! Everyone click your entire fingers off for Joe Revolution! Hi! Hey. Yeah, that's the best voice I've ever heard! This is a podcast that aims to document, promote, organise, laugh, talk shit about and get neck deep in participatory democracy. That can mean you and me getting off our ass and doing shit, yep. It could mean activism, yep. I reckon it can even mean the arts. In fact, fuck it, it's my podcast. You get what you're fucking giving, mate. So yes, it means the arts too. It means things that are about shaping and organising and directing mass participatory power, yeah? People power. I want you to know that, and I'm going to quote here from a recent ABC article. The 1981 to 2016 era of unchecked flow of goods, people and capital is coming to an end. Catalyzed by the widespread recognition that while globalization has meant lower consumer prices, it's also meant slower growth, precarious employment and social disruption. We enter the next decade with interest rates at 5,000 year lows, the largest asset bubble in history, a planet that's heating up and a deflationary profile of debt, disruption and demographics. We will end it with nearly 1 billion people added to the world, a rapidly ageing population, up to 800 million people facing job automation and the environment on the brink of catastrophic change. Now that doesn't come from a columnist or a climate activist. It comes from the Bank of America. The 2020s are set, they say, to be a decade of dramatic economic and social upheaval. They say we're about to heat, hit the decade of peak and shit's about to come to a boiling point. We're going to hit peak globalisation. Governments are going to begin fighting among each other over protecting trade and resisting hostile takeovers of the economic variety. 
there will be more alternate information streams, they say, even at the official level, with governments like China already forging their way towards what they call splinter nets, controlling what people do and don't see. Now, my background is in anti-fascist organising and anti-fascism is absolutely relevant. Nationalists and fascists are the political equivalent of Oregon, like old men hanging at the back of a van waving candy at you. They capitalise on these legitimate anxieties to agitate towards a kind of statism and authoritarianism through divisive populism. Often their peons don't even know what they're asking for, but they end up getting it anyway, whether they like it or not. Look at India. Look at Brazil. The nationalist threat all around the world reflects the anxieties of our time while also actively trying to capitalise on them. It's in this context that we need to focus on proper anti-fascist informed political power, if you ask me, and I suggest you do. It's in this political context that my podcast is informed and the shit I do more broadly. But hey, my dude, it's not about fucking Canberra. I hate smug parliamentary political stuff. I'm not Annabelle Crabbe, okay? Someone once called me anti-fascist Annabelle Crabbe and it was very depressing. (laughs) Actually, it was pretty funny and they meant for it to be funny, but it also hurt me. It was very depressing. I didn't have a good day after that. (gasps) You know, I don't, look, I don't care what Scott fucking Morrison did in Parliament House too much, let alone in Engadine fucking Maccas, because I think that when he disappoints you, the filthy working class, he's actually doing his job. I think he and the apparatus that sustains his office exists in direct opposition to you and I. We are a threat to the function of Australian democracy as it is. In any event, look, he's our Prime Minister, but he's so willfully tone-deaf to the will of the people, and as is his administration, that, you know, that's the way they need it to be. Mate, you aren't profit. You aren't profitable either. You don't need me to tell you that he got into power because of the terrifying efficacy of paying boutique online PR firms to manipulate everyone by social media into voting for a charmless, useless sap like him. We already know that's why he got in. I think you already know that the work of Cambridge Analytica and their various successes gave the world Brexit too, and Trump, and even Obama before them. You exist in opposition to them. You are a latent potential, a member of the broke and the barely scraping by, like me. But you know that they've worked out how to consistently break our democracy through behaviour modification. So by all this, I mean only to say that Canberra is only fundamentally broken insofar as it doesn't serve the people and care for the land, but it's fundamentally functional as an extractive capitalist state, which is what it was designed to be. It's doing its job wonderfully. There's no appealing to it, I don't think, to change itself fundamentally. So fuck Canberra, fuck those halls. I want to yarn with the lot yelling at those dogs, organising outside in the cold or in the flaming hot bushfires, as the case may be. I want to yarn with you. So, the poor can feed the birds. 
What will I cover on this podcast? Well, one, a gig guide of upcoming activism all around Australia. Two, I'll chop it up with organisers on upcoming action and reflections with people legitimately in the know on the actions that have just happened. Also included in this is people in the arts with a political bent, like people in politics with an artistic bent, anything like that. I want to talk to people. I don't want it to just be the dulcet fucking tones of my beautiful fucking voice forever, even if it is really beautiful. Three, I will comment on the state of participatory democracy around Australia. I will, in other words, talk shit about whatever I want. And four, I will slip in poetry, stories, characters, yarns, fuckery in every now and then. I'm flexible on length, so look, it could be 20 minutes, it could go up to an hour. I'm not going to waste your time. I will stretch it out when I've got more content of, say, an interview. But it's most important to me to yarn with you while I help you find out what's going on around Australia and activism by listening to this podcast and listening to it regularly. To our next featured guest, one of Australia's finest writers and thinkers, Robert Talkbag. Robert is a multiple award-winning poet, an author beyond compare, and he sports the finest, finest spoken word voice, perhaps in the world. So I'm so excited he's accepted our invitation to this evening's amazing spoken word. Will you please unleash? A landslide of clicks for Robert Talkbag with a poem called Feed the Chook of My Childhood. Thank you. Hey, hey, thank you. Voice of the generation. Yeah, yeah. Hi, my name's Robert Talkbag. This is a poem called Feed the Chook of My Childhood. When I was child, I feed the chuck. Die my childhood. My powers give me chucks to feed me the chuck. Violet memory, my powers, my mom and dad give me the chuck. What chuck look at two chuck my mother white mama with? Now I got to go to be an adult, I'll make a palm of memory chucks. Mama dad gone, but mother chuck flying in memory. I am cooking for that. Thank you so much, Robert Topbag, voice of the year. Hey, thank you. Oh, it's good to thank you for that. Oh, your voice is so beautiful. Now, the really important thing is that I need you to get in touch with me to help round out the gig guide and whatever else occurs on the pork and feed the birds. I need you to get in touch with me and let me know what's coming up. Tell me, tell me what you're doing. I'm not a psychic, my homies. I won't know every action happening around Australia. I won't necessarily cover all of them anyway on the podcast. I can put a more comprehensive list of them up on my site, just so everyone knows there's a place to catch them all as they come up. But organisers, marshals, vital shitstirers, hit me up. Let me know what you're doing. I do want to talk to you. I do want to help put you on. Because I will build this platform to the point where you know the audience you'll be accessing by talking to me is sizable. And they're shit-stirrers too. My extended network is shit-stirring activists already. The intended audience here is actual or would-be shit-stirring activists and their allies in large part. And they're the ones you'll want knowing about your action. 
A bit about me before I go, so you know who I am. I'm Tom Kanicki. I'm a professional pest from Nam or Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. I've been involved in anti-fascist shit, comedy, organising, tactics, whatever, since 2016. I have heaps of projects on the go, which you can read about on my website, which is tomkanicki.net. I'm like Nathan Barley, I'm a self-facilitating media node. Also, I have a really nice voice, I reckon. A really nice podcasting voice. Hmm. Yes, I do. It's my white man's destiny to do a podcast, you know. It's where white folks go to die, isn't it? A podcast. It isn't three white men like usual, but these dulcet tones are equal to that of three whole white men. Before I did political stuff, I used to go to spoken word nights. I really enjoyed standing up doing my thing, as I used to, but I always used to have the nagging feeling that I was annoying people, even with my beautiful podcasting voice. Bizarre, really? Can't understand what they were thinking. Well, often the most popular people, the featured guests, sometimes had these really fucking shit, annoying voices. I'm not subtweeting or dissing anyone. I love my old spoken word homes, but I just... Have you ever heard an author read out their work and you thought, oh no, my friend, I love your work, but please don't read that shit. You are ruining it. Please get another person to read that shit out, hombre. Yeah? Well, well, none of that guff here. Because I am both prodigiously talented as a writer and I have a smooth, velveteen voice. Aged red wine it is, pouring down a fondue fountain, thick like chocolate. White Australian chocolate, though. White man podcast chocolate. Australian Cadbury dream. Thank you. The pork and feed the birds will begin all proper life in 2020. I'll see you then. Um, okay. Time to open my bed. Uh, anyone can come up during the rest bed. Uh, uh, who have we got first on the list? Who? Tom. Tom to... Okay, well, go on. Everyone... Uh, Click if you want. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, thanks so much. This um, uh, this is actually not mine. This is a poem by um, John Shaw Nielsen. Uh, it's an old bush poet. I'm ordinarily a little bit reticent about old bush poetry and wading through too much of that Australiana unless there's like a you know expressly anti-racist purpose for it because uh, um, I think nostalgia in the colonial context inevitably becomes a bit problematic <laughs> and evocative of what's jingoism but you know what I mean but anyway I just really like this one it puts Nielsen's old socialist inclinations on show and it sort of pits the wealthy and arrogant against the poor and, and the homeless but it kind of you know it kind of lords the sinfulness of persisting at each other and I think yeah I just think there's something in this for us uh, hopefully Hopefully you think so too. It's um, it's called the pork and feed the birds. I'll, <clears throat> I'll read it. <clears throat> the rich have fear, perchance their god is dim. Tis with the hope of stored up happiness, they build the spires to him. The rich go out in clattering pomp and dare, in the most holy places to insult the deep benevolence there. 
but tis the poor who make the loving words. Slowly they stoop, it is a sacrament, the poor can feed the birds. Hold, it is old, this scattering of the bread, deep as forgiveness or the tears that go out somewhere to the dead. The feast of love, the love that is the cure, for all indignities it reigns, it calls, it chains us to the pure. Seldom they speak of God, he is too dim. So without thought of after happiness, they feed the birds for him. The rich men walk not here on the green sod, but they have gilded towers, the timorous, that still go up to God. Still will the poor go out with loving words, in the long need, the need for happiness, the poor can feed the birds. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Let's take a break. Let's go put cotton wool in our ears. <laughs> oh, how bad was that? Oh. Terrible voice. Oh, God. Robert's talk bag, would you like to come back up? <laughs>